Welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis with Rob DeGroove. Rob's goal is to keep hypnosis simple and uncomplicated, fast, powerful, and effective techniques. In this show, Rob talks with leaders of the hypnosis industry on how to keep hypnosis simple and effective on the therapeutic side as well as on the business side. Enjoy, learn, and by all means, keep it simple. So, uh, Dan, welcome to uh, The Art of Simple Hypnosis. So, um, today uh, you're my guest and uh, we have the, the topic of this show is uh, how to keep hypnosis simple uh, because I really like to keep things simple uh, when working with clients. Uh, and I have some, some questions that I ask uh, to every guest. Um, and we always start with mistakes because we all make mistakes and then it's, it's a very good thing that you can learn from the mistakes and most of the time when you share those mistakes, other people, uh, our colleagues, our, our peers uh, around there in the world can learn uh, from those mistakes as well. So what was actually the biggest mistake that you ever made as a hypnotherapist or as a uh, in your business or business wise as a hypnotherapist? Yeah, so one of the biggest mistakes I actually made, which really led me to where I am today, was um, I was actually trying to fit within a traditional hypnotic approach and doing like traditional old school hypnotherapy where um, uh, where it's like person comes in with this problem and you, you read them this and then you read them this and then you read them this and it's going to resolve any issue that they, <laughs> that they have. And I realized very quickly that's not the case. <laughs> so no. I learned very quickly to use out of the box approaches. And really, I get really creative with my clients. I'm going to share some of the techniques I use with my clients that are really creative, really out of the box, and really controversial. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's important that, that you can uh, adapt yourself to whatever that your client is uh, is addressing you because uh, I see when my uh, students, especially my newbie students, uh, we have this Facebook group and they, they ask questions and then they say, hey guys, do you have, uh, we call it the golden box, that's the way that we work, uh, do you have a golden box for this, do you have a golden box for that, do you have, no, we don't have, we don't have a, a, a because I don't like scripts anyway, so I don't, we don't yeah. have uh, something that will work for everybody, you have to just adapt and I think that's, that's uh, really important. Uh, and I think that's yeah. when you learn that during way, yeah, you, you, you will grow as a hypnotherapist as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I used to, so I, I changed my methodology and, and uh, uh, kind of throughout my career. And when I first started, cause I was actually 13 years old when I started doing hypnosis and stage hypnosis. Okay. And then I started working with um, clients actually in my dorm room in school uh, when I went to university uh, and even before that, when I was 15 and 16 years old, I was doing group sessions in public libraries and hotels. And uh, when I was like, there's newspaper articles that say local teen hypnotist hypnotizes hundreds of people to lose weight and stop smoking. <laughs> and it's like a mini Dan, like standing in front of the room. Yeah. Um, and so I, I used to prescribe to a method that is, um, uh, you must use this to be successful. And I actually now stray away from people who say, this is the only way that you can be successful with that. 
And I, I, I don't like that way of thinking. I think that's a really old school way of thinking. Like you have to subscribe to this method in order to get results with this. And I used to buy into that. So I used to do regression a lot with my clients. And, and it wasn't like easy, passive regression either. It was go back to the event that caused a problem you're here for today. Boom, be there now. Like wall of them across the head. And, uh, and that was traumatizing <laughs> for a lot of people. Like they didn't like it. It wasn't pleasant for them. So I learned methods that are a lot easier and that are a lot more effective and that are also a lot more enjoyable for the client. So the client can take control. So that way it's not that perception of like the pocket watch swinging hypnotist, like you're yeah. getting very sleepy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, that's, it's, 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 it's good to have a, a very big toolbox. I think that's really important to, to have as many tools in your toolbox as possible. And yeah, there's, there's not one tool that will fix everything. So that that's, and right. of course, when you, when you start doing hypnosis, you have this one approach, but then you grow. And then, and some, I, I hear, you probably know, but, but uh, I'm trained by Jeffrey Stevens. He was totally against uh, yes, regression. Yep. So he, 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 yep. he, he said, yeah, regression to cause is a crime. So of course I, I just had a forensic, <laughs> I just had a forensic regression session uh, with somebody. It was, was, was quite intense. Uh, somebody who was uh, adopted uh, to, from Korea to Belgium, but now we found out that she was actually uh, abducted. So it was against the, the natural parents' will and things like that. So I use regression right. for that, but I never use it to, to solve an, an issue. So I, I use it for forensic yeah. work and yeah. And that's what, you know, I, I use it as a last case resort. And I'll give you an example of this. Um, I had a client come in who had uh, highway anxiety. So he had anxiety driving down the highway and, and, and down freeways. And the first session, he said, you know what, um, I, in the first session, I tell my clients is a foundation session, like we're building the foundation for change. And he's, he came back the second session. He's like, I noticed I felt, I felt better leaving here. Like I did feel more in control, but when I drove down the highway, I still went into that panic. And so we had a conversation about when he feels it started. So I used, I'm like, I'm not going to use a full-blown regression. I'll use a timeline type of thing. But he like floated into that timeline and, and um, on the second session. And I said, tell me what's going on. And he, he just goes, I feel physically sick. I, I'm about to get sick. So he was actually physically and mentally associated into that state because it started when he had a concussion and then tried to drive home mm. um, three years ago. And, uh, so it was interesting because I had a friend in my car later that, uh, later that week. And this guy sent me a text message and I usually don't give my clients my cell phone number, but, but sometimes I do. And this guy, particularly, he texted me, he said, Dan, I just drove down blah, blah, blah highway. And I felt amazing. He's like, I don't know what you did in that session, but something shifted. Can I call you? So he calls me and I'm like, I just want to let you know, like I have a friend with me, you're on speakerphone. Um, so just like full disclosure. And he said, I just wanted to hear the sound of your voice because I wanted that reassurance. And my friend looks at me and starts cracking up laughing. He said, people tell you, they just call you to hear the sound of your voice. I'm like, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we have things like that. <laughs> like awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I just I just want to ask you something because you work a lot of uh, with anxiety, uh, of course. Uh, and now you mentioned something uh, that the highway, uh, the uh, fear on the highway. Was was it uh, a male client? 
Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, a male client. So so I don't know if if it's the same in in your area, of course, but what I uh, experienced during the the 10 years that I'm uh, seeing clients now is that most of the time when when, uh, there's some fear to drive, uh, highway are all female clients and passing bridges are all male clients. I don't know if maybe maybe it's it's just here in 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 Belgium. I don't know, but m- I think like ninety percent of my clients who had a, a fear on the on the highway are female, and I I don't think I ever saw uh, a, a woman who had fear of bridges, but a lot of guys who have fear of bridges. It's it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's different That's in the United States. Yeah, I get a 50-50. And you know what's interesting about it, Rob, is I a lot of men say. When I'm going over a bridge or when I'm driving down the highway, this is this is literally what they say. They say, I feel like someone kicked me in the balls. And they say, like, I, it's a weird feeling. I feel like I want to double over like that and almost like I want to duck and cover. And they say, like, it's almost like we get this, this pain panic, like someone just kicked me in the nuts. And I'm like, wow, that's yeah. visceral. I'm like, <laughs> <That's> okay, <so. laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. All right. Yeah. Don't be a good feeling when driving. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, if you want, I can actually kick you in the nuts right now. So so that we we can revivify that for you. So, (laughs) yeah, it's interesting because a a lot of um, I I used to try and see trends like that. And where, um, you know, is it mainly men coming in for this issue or certain age category? And since I started working predominantly with anxiety and niching with specific things, it's so interesting because I, there's there's not really a trend anymore that I see. I I was seeing originally men mainly for fear of public speaking and confidence issues. Um, then I recently just started getting several women who actually are news anchor reporters or they lead press conferences um, uh, nationally because of the pandemic. So I've started seeing actually a lot of like local local and national celebrities who are on TV all the time and they actually have a fear of giving those press conferences, but you'd never know it because yeah. they hide it so they well. They hide it, of course. Yeah. And so it's so I, I recently started seeing more women for for that. And I, I and again, I'm trying to find the trends, but I, it's it's hard to find them sometimes when you have people coming at you from all angles. Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, going to the the next uh, question, what is uh, the best decision you ever made for your hypnotherapy business? Niche, and it was about. Uh, I remember when I became the anxiety relief guy, and uh, it was January first of 2019. Um, I started, so what happened is uh, a woman contacted me and she said, Dan, have you ever heard of pandas? And I'm like the soft, like fluffy bears. And she's like, no, 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 no. Pandas is a medical condition where children, when they get strep or tonsillitis, they have, it causes swelling and inflammation in the brain. That And it's a relatively new diagnosis. She said that inflammation causes severe OCD, anxiety, behavioral issues, where Rob, these poor kids, they change overnight, where literally their parents, their kids become unrecognizable to their parents, their teachers, their friends. And it's almost like they turn into, it's almost like this like satanic thing comes over the kids sometimes. 
they don't go to school anymore. It's I've never seen anxiety as bad as it's been in that community. So there's a doctor who specializes in pandas treatment in the, in my area. So this woman reached out to me because I think her doctor recommended me. Um, and in the course of like one or two sessions, this woman's daughter had complete, and I don't like to use the word cure. I say resolve. She had complete resolve over most of her anxieties. So then this woman had me on a radio show and like, a, um, and this radio show went viral and it turned into a podcast. And, and then um, I had all these doctors referring their anxious teens to me that they would see. And so then doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists started saying, go see him. He's the anxiety relief guy. Mm-hmm. And so there I, I developed like this, this whole brand and there's been this movement. It's, it's so weird how this took off. And, and now I'm, I'm known worldwide as the anxiety relief guy. I actually just got hired by, uh, I think I can say this publicly now. Um, I was just hired by Amazon to be their official anxiety relief guy and to work with their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I get hired by companies all the time to, to work with their employees who have stress and anxiety. And it's, it's, I, I never knew it would take off like this. Never. So niching was one of the best things that I could have done for my business and also value, value, value. It pains me when I hear other hypnotists and other therapists say, oh, I'm not going to put that out there because I don't want to give, I want to give too much for free. Just to give you an idea, um, I release like free hypnosis sessions and coaching sessions all the time because the way I do hypnosis and coaching is very different than most traditional hypnotists do. And I recently released one that's called Embrace Your Inner Badass. And I put it out there um, and it got a lot of views and a lot of engagement. And then I started thinking, okay, what, what does it mean for me to embrace my inner badass? What's something that I feel uncomfortable doing that I could do? And it, are you familiar with TikTok? Yeah. Okay. So two weeks ago, I'm like, okay, cupcake, it's time to embrace your inner badass and just put all your stuff aside and go on TikTok and film a couple of TikTok videos. So I went on as the anxiety relief guy and I just filmed it. Sorry, you're going to see my cat in the background yeah, so uh, for people who are watching. Jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just this giant fluffy tail. Yeah. It's going to start hitting me in the head in a minute. <laughs> Massive pattern interrupt. Um, so, uh, so what happened, I started filming a couple of videos as the anxiety relief guy. I didn't attach my name to it or anything. I just went on as anxiety relief guy. Overnight, it seemed to go viral. And one of my videos got literally 200,000 views in about 48 hours. And look, she's showcasing my, not anymore. (laughs) Bye-bye. So you trained her to put attention on your books. Yeah, that's good. I really did. So (laughs) she sells my books. She's like, okay, that's enough for that one. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Oh, my God. For those of you who are listening to this, my cat is in the background, and I have like a bookshelf with my books I've written on it, and she's like knocking all those books over because she's prissy like that. Um, so, So I started giving away all this value, and Rob, I... 
I can't, I honestly can't accept private clients anymore. I have a three month waiting list for private clients. So now I have to enroll everybody in groups and I have no other options. So I hired a marketing team and they're like marketing my self-hypnosis program because I did a TED talk, which has gotten 12 or 13 million views. So people are constantly going to my website looking for self-hypnosis, self-hypnosis, self-hypnosis. So finally, I said, okay, I should probably put a program together for self-hypnosis. Oh. So the other best thing that I did for my business is automate part of my process and have a hybrid program. So while I'm seeing people either privately or in groups, part of the program that they're doing is automated online. Mm -hmm. So that way, all the stuff I'd spend three or four hours teaching them in an office setting, I recorded videos oh. and I say, okay, watch this video and it's going to teach you how to do this, this, and this. And they, so I'm giving them homework between the sessions. So it's like a whole eight week program that I do where I'm usually uh, in a group. I'm usually uh, seeing them six times in a group online. Mm -hmm. And that goes in accordance with my online six-week uh, program called Break the Break Free Effect. And then, um, uh, then I'm usually seeing them six times. But if I see them in person, I only see them four times. If I do private sessions with them or, or online private sessions, I see them four times. And they're still getting the six-week program. And then I also give them like bonus programs on top of that so they can keep going with their self-improvement even after we work together. Okay, I know great. That's a long -winded answer. So I have to I have to send you my uh, my ebook uh, working with staff. <laughs> so when you have your waiting list so long, you have to start hiring staff <laughs> to uh, to yeah. expand your business. So that that's that uh, I open my book with the the thing I don't want my waiting list to be longer than 14 days. Uh, yeah. because because of the fact that people change, especially like stop smoking and weight loss when you see them three months later their life has changed maybe they don't want to change anymore or, or whatever yeah. so uh, so that's that's i have a team of eight uh, hypnotherapists now that's that's where the gray hair is coming from it's <laughs> so, yeah yeah it, it's, it's, a, it's a, something else working with a lot of people it's a, but yeah so so maybe uh, i will send you a copy of the book when your waiting list is yeah that totally long. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you say that because about um, a year and a half ago, um, I went to the doctor. So I, uh, before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of stage hypnosis shows and I would go on tour and I would go on tour, not just doing stage shows, but I'd also do pre like corporate presentations. Um, every spring before I go on tour, I would go for a physical just to make sure I was healthy. Well, about a year and a half ago, before I went on tour, I went for my routine physical and um, I was in Virginia with Jason Lynette and Richard Nongard. And uh, they were doing a training. So I was in the middle of my tour and I just wanted to stop and visit them for a couple of days. And um, I got a call from my doctor at seven o'clock at night. And the doctor said, uh, Dan, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of my tour. Why? He's like, when will you be back? I'm like, uh next week why he's like you need to come to my office as soon as possible can you come back tomorrow and i'm like well, no one ever wants to hear that so i end up no, getting him to tell me what yeah no bueno so um long story short my blood results came back they thought i had uh leukemia and uh newsflash i didn't and but that that caused me to look at business a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And actually, Rob, I did hire two other practitioners to work, uh, to work for me. Mm -hmm. And one is she's amazing. She actually sees only children and teenagers. Mm -hmm. 
The other one is also a, a, a traditional therapist. She's a licensed mental health counselor and she uses hypnosis with therapy. So I will send her some people. The problem is that I was encountering, and maybe you'll know how to, how to work around this. People want me. They don't want a student of mine or practitioner yeah. that works for me. They want me. And so that's why I said, okay, the only thing I'm going to offer now are groups, unless you pay me upfront for my, uh, for my private program. And that's why I do. I get a commitment from people where even if they're scheduling two or three months out, they're paying right now because I've had people that are like, well, we'll pay you when it gets close. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't reserve your spot until you pay me. Yeah, because then I'm committed to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah because when, so, when so, you have a long waiting list, the the the, the chance that you have no shows or people canceling mm-hmm. the session it, it's too big. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we have we have sometimes now now it's it's less, but um, because I'm I'm not seeing uh, I'm not my my schedule is not open for like one year and a half now, so people can't actually uh, just book a session with me only for the new programs that I'm creating uh, because yeah like yeah. the hypnotic breast enlargement now the hypno fasting things like that so they can book a session mm-hmm. for that but not for a regular stop smoking session when they really want me uh, when when we have a, a telephone service when they when they feel that the client uh, only has to, uh, will work with me then uh, they they have to pay extra so they they pay another amount yeah. than than pay with uh, with the regular uh, always available uh, therapist so and then some clients they just yep. say oh yeah i paid i paid that and and like today the forensic uh, session that's one that i did because i'm the only one doing forensic hypnosis mm-hmm. here so things like that then yep. they can book a session with me but not the regular sessions anymore so because yeah, yeah. especially um, but we are working already for like six seven years with a with a big team so people are used to have different uh therapists here not only me so so but sometimes mm-hmm. now we had a call uh, from somebody i just got an email uh it's it's actually the father of one of famous singer in belgium uh and he i don't know uh when he, he was with me but he said yeah i'm one of rob's success stories and now my daughter wants wants to become a non-smoker as well and things like so he wants the, the session with me but i i understand that and then, yeah. then I, I will do it, but not, not for everybody anymore. Because then, of course, like you say, you will have a waiting list, or, or yeah, or, or you can't do the other stuff that you're doing, uh, like touring right. with your show when, when the world is, is back open again. So, okay, yeah. so that's, yeah. So well, I was um, going to say that yeah. you know, that's a whole thing. Is you, you've got to. I, I really, I feel like this. Everything that's happened over the past year has really caused people to take a step back and look mm-hmm. at what they want to do because we're realizing that life is way too short. And I love working with people, but I'm getting, dude, like I'm getting burnt out working with people one on one. Like I'll work with eight people a day. Yeah, that's that's, that's too much. That's a lot. Yeah. Especially when, when, so when your sessions are quite long, as you mentioned in the, in the simple question round. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that yeah. I w- was getting bored, uh, b- bored of was doing the pre-talk again and again, p- inform people. That's all automated now. People get a video. Uh, they have to watch it yep. before the session. Like you said, give them some homework because that's something that you have to repeat 
ev for every client. So yeah, just make a recording yeah. and and uh, send it over. Now I'm I'm creating interactive uh, pre-talk videos. It's actually the topic that I'm going to present at Hypnotauts when we have the chance to fly over there. I'm, I right. don't think it's going to happen this year, but let's hope so. <laughs> so uh, I know, so, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be too soon, August, especially with with how everything is going on here, organizing here in Belgium. So I don't, I'm not sure, but we will see. So um, another question uh, that's also a regular question in this show is, um, can you give uh, some advice to, to the viewers out there, the hypnotherapists out there, to keep hypnosis simple, to don't overcomplicate uh, hypnosis? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> this may sound a little counterintuitive, but take the focus off of the hypnosis. And what I mean by this is a lot of our clients have this, it's almost like there's pressure to go into hypnosis. And the way that the way that I explain it is there's there are many different forms of hypnosis. And I don't want you to look at just when you if you do, because sometimes I don't even have my people close my eyes or close their eyes. Mm. And I'll say, you know, I don't there is a, a conventional traditional form of hypnosis. But look at this entire session as hypnosis. And this entire session is going to help shift you into getting a result. And also, I'm going to teach you these little mind magic tricks that are going to help dissolve or stop the pattern of anxiety or whatever holds you back. And that's where we call it the break free effect. So I find when you when you name things and when you take the pressure off of going into hypnosis, it actually helps simplify the process so much more because some of my uh, long-term clients, because I do have long-term clients where people come in um, like once a month or once every, uh, some people once a quarter. And it's not because they haven't uh, resolved their anxiety or they haven't gotten what they want to get out of the sessions. It's just I'm seeing them for, for, for layers of things and they just like the process. Yeah, wow. there, there are some long-term, and you like we all get those sometimes. Um, so some of those long-term clients if I use an untraditional approach with them where I'm taking the, the uh, focus off of going into hypnosis, they don't like that because it's not congruent. To them, hypnosis is where I started with them, that more traditional, close your eyes and relax and go blah, 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 blah. And the clients that I've started working with in the past two years, I don't always take that approach with them. So one way to simplify hypnosis is to actually learn these like mind magic techniques where it gives the clients a sense of control and there are things you can teach them and also automate in video. And like you said, Rob, I love how you said I, um, I send them the pre-talk beforehand and I'll send them a couple of videos to watch and give them homework. That is the thing that simplifies my process for me so much and automates it is I find ways to automate the approaches. So that way in the office, I'm doing the deeper work mm. at home. That's where they learn the other strategies that are we layer. And um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, uh, is automation and simplifying your process by recording things that you would do every single session with every single person. Um, or even uh, like there's something I teach people, I call it rolling the booger. Um, but <laughs> it's just a calm yes. anchor. Um, 
And uh, and I like to give things funny because people can relate to that. I'm like, you've rolled a booger between your fingers before. Don't lie. And <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> people laugh, right? Yeah, because you course, can relate. Yeah, I was like, or a lint ball. So just having fun with people. But I'll I'll record this in a video. And then I'll send the video to that person. And then the next person that comes in who can also benefit from that, I'll send them the same video I recorded for the other person. So I'm doing it once and I use it multiple times. Yep. So I have an archive of all these extra techniques that I'm like, oh, this person could use this one, this one, and this one, but not these other four. So I'll just, I'll send them the techniques that are going to be very useful for them. So that's one of the ways that I really simplify my hypnosis process. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good idea. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I have it. I know. I know it from the pre-talk video. It's. It's so. It's, it takes away a, a big part of what you're doing. And and what I what I found um, is that when people are in your therapy room, especially when when it's the first session, uh, they they are nervous because they're going to in hypnosis for the first time. They 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 heard all those mm -hmm. different stories. They they read stuff on the internet so they're 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 nervous right and then you right. you have to start preparing them then you have to do the pre-talk and that the information has never doesn't have the time to sink in and then later they, they will say oh but I, I could hear everything and i i could was i really hypnotized and now when when they see the video in their own home they have the time to process the information they are better prepared when they when they enter your therapy room and and that's the same with when you say when you have to explain every single technique then they go out and sometimes they when they are on the parking lot and in the car they, they already forgot half of what what you said and now they can right. watch the video and now now if they're really committed to their change they will watch the video and if they don't understand it they can rewind it and watch it again so so that's yep. that's of course that's a very very good uh, very good advice so let's talk about anxiety uh, with the the anxiety guy, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, what what can you tell uh, our viewers about uh, anxiety and maybe about your approaches? And uh... absolutely. So, so the I think that one of the main things that really sells this for people is when I um, when people first go on my website, they sign up for my anxiety relief quick start. And it's basically like a 25 minute video that brings people through what the process is and, and, um, and it explains the process And my whole thing is reframing anxiety for people or reprogramming their belief system about anxiety. So most people are, who are sent to me, uh, they've tried therapy, they have, um, they've taken medication. Many of them have also gone to other hypnotists. However, this is where we need to start using untraditional out-of-the-box approaches with people. So I explain anxiety like this. I say, okay, here's what your anxiety is like. Your anxiety is kind of like a computer glitch. Um, or like, let's say you go to, and Rob, are you a, uh, an iPhone user or are you a Droid user? I have a real phone, a Droid, <laughs> an Android. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so yep. it's a it's so, a running joke in my trainings. But uh, when they ask, "Hey, can I can I film this demonstration?" and then they they and I say yes, and then the somebody takes their iPhone. I say, "Oh no, no, only with real phones." So yeah, it's it's a running joke we have all the time. So uh, yeah, no, I'm a, a real Android fan. <laughs> okay, all right. So you so you're the 
great. <laughs> so let's say um, you get like the newest version of the Android phone and uh, you have it for like a week, but it's not really holding a charge. And for some reason, it's like getting bogged down, almost like there's a glitch on your phone. And you say like, this is really weird. I, I just bought this phone. It's brand new. It's not really working all that well. So you swipe up on the phone, you realize that there's all these apps open in the background that you weren't even aware that were open and they're wasting the battery life and the energy of your phone. And they're, they're causing it to kind of crash and, and not be able to perform its, its functions properly. So you close out all those apps and then you delete some of the ones that you won't use again. And then all of a sudden your phone holds a charge and now guess what? It operates even more efficiently. Anxiety is the same way. The reason why people have anxiety is because they have all these apps in their mind open in the background and it's causing them to feel fatigued, worry all the time, doubt themselves, uh, all their manifestations of anxiety or stress. And what we have to do, I call that the underlying emotional core. So the first session, the reason why it's an hour and a half is because I'm teaching people how to swipe up in their mind, get out that glitch and to clear the underlying emotional core of that anxiety. This is a methodology that I use where it's almost like a physical form of hypnosis. So I'm, I'm getting people to acknowledge in the session that they've made a shift. So there's no cross your fingers and hope when you leave here, things are better. No, 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 no. I want people to verify and validate that they are making a change as we're working together in that first session. And there are ways that I get people to do this with, um, uh, one is through muscle testing. One is through a rating system. Um, uh, one is through testing. So I've actually like people who have a fear of driving, I've actually taken them in my car before and I have a Jeep Wrangler. So I take the doors and the roof off my Jeep when it's nice weather. And I know this is like a huge liability issue, but I put them in my car and we go for a drive. Mm. Um, I had another person who, um, this was a gentleman. He was, uh, raped in a coffee shop. So naturally he had a fear of coffee shops. Um, so after the second session, I love coffee. Like you're my right now, Rob, you're my coffee. Okay. <laughs> and I love coffee. So there's a coffee shop next to my office. Um, and what happened was the initial sensitizing event for him was he, he was walking to a coffee shop. Um, and this like pickup truck, this gray pickup truck drove by and started like screaming obscenities at him. And he walked into the coffee shop and then they followed him in, they beat the crap out of him. And then someone sexually assaulted him. So like, that's traumatic, right? Like I, I might not like coffee shops after that either. No. <laughs> so, so, so I really want to test this. Now I can be a bastard sometimes. So I know a friend that has a great pickup truck. Um, so the second session I asked him, I said, you, you see where we're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I also know the owners of the coffee shop. So I said, I planned this whole, this whole, um, uh, scene. And I said, okay, I'm going to bring someone in here. One of my clients. Um, I want you to give him a hard time. Uh, don't give him, don't give him a cup of coffee, uh, question him. And, uh, he might get a little anxious, but it's okay. I'll be here with him. Um, so I called my friend who has a pickup truck, who has a great pickup truck. I said, 
when you see me walking out of my office with this guy, because we're going to walk over to the coffee shop, I want you to drive by us and start screaming things at us, like really, really nasty things. Mm. And he said, okay, <laughs> I have great friends. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting for your call. What, what can we do next? What we can do yeah. next? <laughs> You're like, how can we mess dance people up even more? Like, this is great. So, <laughs> so, um, so the client, he comes back for the second session. He's like, you know, I, I actually did go to a coffee shop, Dan. He's like, I didn't get a coffee, but I walked in just to make sure I could be there. And I felt good. And then I left. I said, great. Let's go out for a coffee now and let's actually get a coffee. <laughs> so, so we walk out of my office and there's a pickup truck that's drive the great pickup truck that's driving by and a person, the person magically just screams some obscenities out of the truck. I look at my client and he's like, that's so weird. That is so weird. I'm like, I know, isn't it? I said, how does that make you feel? He goes, just a coincidence. Now, a week prior, he would have flipped out, right? Yeah, of course. Huh? So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're we're having some. <laughs> we're, this is good. So then we go into the coffee shop, and um, and the the people who work there, they're saying, "Why do you want a coffee? We can't serve you. We have the right to deny service to anyone." And he's like, "This is so weird." I'm like, "I know, right?" And uh, I said, "Does this bother you?" He goes, "No, not not really." So then this woman comes up that was not part of the scene. I did not have her include in part. Just a random customer comes up and literally like on cue starts screaming at him. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. What the F do you think you're doing getting a cup of coffee? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, this <laughs> wasn't planned. <laughs> so um, it turns out that was his mother. And I said, I think I see where the problem is. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so I, I, I test my clients out a lot um, when I have the opportunity to, but also it's about getting creative. And one of the things that I love to do, because I still do see um, about like 10 or 15% of the clients I work with, I see in person in my local office um, and we take precautions and everything because of the pandemic. Uh, the majority of my clients are online or in oh. groups. So um, I noticed that people who see me, they're used to seeing traditional therapists. So the first thing they do is they start going into their, their problem. Like, um, I hate my husband and blah, 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 blah. And uh, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, how, what can I do just to stop people that's creative and also fun? So I bought a bag of 3,000 pom-poms from Amazon. And you know what pom-poms are? They're like little cotton ball things. Some, some, someone asked me last week, what's a pom-pom? I'm like, you know, the little cotton ball things that you do arts and crafts with, yep. uh, little fuzzy balls. So when a person's, I call it the, the pom-pom pattern. When a person goes into their like self-destructive baloney, um, I just take the bag of pom-poms and I just start whipping pom-poms at them and throwing pom-poms at them. And, and, usually they'll start throwing them back at me. They'll go, what, the, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it just takes them so much by surprise. And I'm like, and as you're having fun now, now as you begin to see your problem even differently now, because now you can have fun at the same time as you're talking about your damn problem, can't you? And so these are things, I, I, it's just getting creative with people. Mm. Um, it's, it's using really weird, getting weird 
And that's why that's why people come see me because I'm I do really weird things with people like this. So and and make change fun. So the next time you have a person that come in who has anxiety and when they start talking about their anxiety and if they start shaking, going to that anxious response, buy a bag of pom poms and just throw pom poms at them. And then you can even use those as an anchor and you can give them a couple of pom poms. And you say, now when you look at these pom poms, you're going to think of what we did in this session. And if that's not hypnosis, I don't know what is. Yeah, so, but, yeah, because the moment you're throwing, you're giving suggestions, you're, 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 you're breaking the state, actually. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and yeah, yep. so that, that's something I, bringing... I tell my students all the time. There's no reason it can't be, you can't have fun in a therapy room because sometimes they, they take it so seriously. They, they Of course, the, people come in with serious problems, but that doesn't mean that you have to be serious all the time. You can make it lighter. You can lighten it up by doing stuff like that. Why not? Yeah. I challenge my clients. I swear at them a lot. And <laughs> my favorite thing is to swear at children. That's my, the, <laughs> when I work with kids and teenagers, my favorite thing is to swear at them. <laughs> so, and, and I ask parents too, I say, can I, within reason, can I say anything to your kid to get them to make a shift? And they, they agree. Um, one of the things I do is I say uh, to the to the kids I'm working with who have anxiety or the teens, I say, you're sitting in right now a very special chair. That is a magic chair. It's a magic chair of change, but it's also something that gives you abilities that, uh, or, or privilege that you might not get anywhere else. And they say, what's that? I say, the chair you're sitting in is a swear chair. You can say anything you want to say in here while you're sitting in that swear chair. But as soon as you get up, you're not in the swear chair anymore. And that has given a lot of teenagers and kids almost like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working with a teenager yesterday, actually, who had a traumatic incident with a teacher. And I said, you know, imagine your teacher is standing across from you and you're in that swear chair. You can say things that you've never had the opportunity to say. Couldn't tell that person what you've wanted to tell them, what you've been holding in for a long time. They said words that I didn't even know. Like, <laughs> so you learn new words every day <laughs> with that approach. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I'm like, wow, there. <laughs> that happened. Okay, there we go. And and what's funny is um, when I work with kids and teens, I have the parents come in for about 15 minutes, and then I have the parents leave, and the parents are sitting in in an adjoining space uh, where they can hear um, almost like mumbles. They can't hear the entire conversation, but they can hear. hear yeah, they, they can get a sense of the energy. Let's go. This person. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this person yesterday, when she started saying all these color, <laughs> these colorful words, I walk out after the session and the mom says, was that my child who was saying all that stuff? Is mm -hmm. And she goes, what, where did they learn that? I, <laughs> they had to hear it from somewhere. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's, you know, with anxiety, it's having fun with people. It's, it's getting ridiculous because anxiety is ridiculous. It controls you. It's like an abusive relationship. 
uh, when you think about it, I have this whole concept that I get my clients to think about breaking up with your anxiety. And that's the title of my next book is how to break up with your anxiety and go from blah to blah in eight weeks or less. So I bring my clients through this whole process of breaking up with your anxiety. And I ask them, if you were in an abusive relationship, what would, what would that relationship be like? And they say, well, um, the person would control me. They would beat me down. They would make me feel worthless. Uh, they would tell me where I can go and where I can and can't go and what I can do and where they'd be very controlling. So hmm, what has that anxiety been doing to you? Same damn thing. Mm -hmm. So I get them to take on um, the attribute of like this empowering individual who can now end their relationship with that abusive anxiety. And I tell them, I say, you know, not all relationships are bad, just like not all anxiety is bad. So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm reframing all this for them. So they're just seeing it in a different light and in a different perspective. Um, and that's where most of the change happens is in the actual explanation of anxiety. And I'll put in little uh, little hypnotic moments and I'll say things like, <clears throat> you know, as you're looking at this differently now, feeling better about it now and able to be empowered by those things now that used to hold you back, what's different now for you? And a lot of it is about asking those insightful questions. So that way, when we do the conventional hypnosis, they've already made the change. And I'll even say that as I'm hypnotizing a person, as we do the thing that we've already done to complete the change that we've already completed here and now. And, and I'll just go into these little uh, pedantic types of uh, language patterns and everything like that, which I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't even know where I came up with these or learned these. It's just a matter of working with thousands and thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Um, through these types of things and just experience and seeing what works and what doesn't. And not all things work for all people. So that not everybody would I take the pom-poms out for and start throwing pom-poms at them. Um, sometimes it's it's rocks. <laughs> <laughs> when they, yeah. <laughs> When you can't stand their face and just where is the rocks? <laughs> Sometimes they just need it. <laughs> they just need it like that. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it, it, and that's the other part too. It's just, it's being so ridiculous with your clients. And sometimes I'll say that to them, like, oh, you make, and I'll, I'll pretend like I'm frustrated with them. I'll say, you aggravate me so much. I wish this was a handful of rocks. <laughs> and I'll do, and I'll do, and, and you just see them like, <laughs> <laughs> do that <laughs> and I'm like no dude I'm just fucking with you and um and that uh, there's this moment where you you get their emotions to peak and then you bring them way down and again it's just this escalation and lowering escalate lower escalate lower and each time they lower that response the escalation also gets lower and lower and lower as well so we're lowering that baseline so as you can tell, this isn't just hypnosis that I use. It's this weird confabulated process that I bring people through. And they say, I've every single person said, I've never, never experienced anything like this before. So. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great. I will put you on my list to come to Belgium to, uh, to train uh, the Belgian people uh, in, in this uh, so when, when the world is back open again, so people right. can, can travel again and uh, come to Belgium to, to teach. If, uh, 
I'll bring the pom poms. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I have a big training room. We can uh, we can uh, build a big fight with the uh, pom poms. So yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> but I, I I really love the, the the fact that you bring in other stuff that you you uh, keep it it light and funny in the therapy room. That you you, you just don't like you say just do the the, the general uh, hypnotic thing and and you, yeah sometimes you you need to and and every every single client is different. So sometimes you just have to pull open a box and and sometimes yeah. just by pulling open the box and or have an idea or do something totally out of the blue. Then you come up with new things, and then maybe oh, maybe I can I can give it a try with another client as well. And so yeah. that's that's the way we we develop new uh, new approaches, of course. I have this journal of techniques, and and that's a really good bit of advice you just gave uh, for other hypnotists to do as well. Um, write down the things that you or document the things that you're doing with clients, because there are a collection of techniques that you'll be like, where did this come from? Or there's like a way that I'll say something like that, that sounded really good. And I'll write that down. <clears throat> and most of my sessions I record as well, just for my own amusement to go back and rewatch them when I'm bored. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, some of the, just uh, people come in with some issues that like, I never even realized some of these things existed and full disclosure. I also like, I see a, traditional therapist. And, um, and I tell, I, I am a fan of therapy for some things for some people. And, uh, and I just like, I like to kind of decompress at the end of the week. So I, I do see a therapist every Friday. And she says to me, she's like, Dan, I've been working with people for 20 years. And I have never, never heard the types of issues that you work with until I started working with you. Mm. She said, please don't refer any of those people to me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, so, sometimes you get, uh, yeah. that, that's, that's the reason that I put that question in, uh, in the simple question round as well. Uh, what is the strangest issue that people uh, ever addressed to you? Because yeah, you get uh, all these, uh, these, these different, types of people but also these these different types of issues issues that 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 when when i'm telling stories now sometimes when i do a training uh yeah issues or problems that i never heard of before when i when i start uh doing hypnosis i, I was i was an entertainer uh before my my hypnotherapy mm -hmm. life so yeah i was just making fun and entertaining people and of course you hear from issues that some of your friends have but but yeah a lot of especially here in belgium most of the people don't uh talk about uh, seeing therapists we're totally different in that uh so yep. so that and then then you start doing hypnotherapy yourself and then you get these people and and then then i start thinking hmm, there are a lot of people with anxieties uh, a lot of people with with addictions a lot of people with with all different kinds of, of problems, the things that you never heard of. And uh, that, that's, that's, of course, why um, every single student that does the training here and, and start a business but and does it on the right way, of course, and, and does the right marketing and, and invest some time, they will see clients, they will help people because there are so many people out there who needs uh, therapy and, and hypnotherapy in particular. So, yeah, that's... Uh, and, you know, people sometimes look at therapy or even hypnosis as if I ask for help, I'm, it's a sign of weakness and I'm admitting failure. So the one thing, cause there's a lot of stigma to therapy and, and 
uh, and, and also the change work that we do. <clears throat> so the first thing I do when I see a client is I say, first off, I, I just want to congratulate you for, for being here because I know it's not always easy to ask for help or to reach out for help. But what you're doing, you're not admitting failure. You are doing something that every single massively successful person has done. And that is you recognize there's something that's not working in your life and you need help with it. And you asked for help because you want to be better. And so I congratulate you for taking that step. And it's a sign of strength and it's a sign of personal power. Um, and, I, and I like to reassure my clients of that because a lot of times they feel so out of control. They'll feel broken. Um, they'll feel like nobody, uh, they'll feel alone. Like nobody knows who they are or nobody gets them because anxiety can be a very lonely thing. And when you look at the pandemic, it exposed the two biggest things that two biggest things that cause anxiety and it is loss of control and fear of the unknown. And this pandemic has made everybody realize you're not in control. Um, the only thing you're in control over is you and your responses. Um, it also exposed fear of the unknown where we literally, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, especially with the pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the government's going to say. We don't know what, we just, we don't know what's going to happen. But guess what? We already didn't know what was going to happen from nanosecond to nanosecond, but it exposed that reality for people. And that's why so many people now have anxieties that have been exposed that didn't really feel anxious before. And at the same time, people who are, who are massive introverts, the pandemic has done wonders for them. And, and some people love not having to go places or do yeah, things, yeah. but now, you know, yeah. now that things are opening up again, they have anxiety about going back into the public. Yeah. So it's been exposed on both sides. Um, so that's why I think it's more important now than ever for people to get good at working with anxiety. I think, uh, especially what you're saying about the pandemic is a lot of, for a lot of people, uh, also for myself, my, my life was very busy. It's still busy, of course, but it's different. Uh, I was traveling the world. I was, I was not mm -hmm. much time that I spent here in Belgium. Uh, and now you have much more time at, at in the evenings. Normally after work, you have to get some. Uh, you had a meeting. You had to or just go out with friends. You were always busy. And now you have much more time to come to yourself to 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 also to yeah to 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 get to know yourself e uh, even better. And I can I can imagine that for a lot of people there were there were some things some anxieties that now they start start having troubles with because they were living like like one hundred kilo. Uh, kilometers an hour and now they have to slow down and now all those mm -hmm. things come to, to the surface and I, I think that's uh, I think yeah uh, I'm a strong believer that anxiety uh, is going uh, a topic that, that a lot of, of therapists are going to be uh, to working with in, in, in the near future and, and even uh, in, in the years after this pandemic uh, because of, of and, and you say because it, it's changing and now it will change again it will the, the world will go uh, starting to open, but it, it will never be the same as before. So there, there will, there right. will be changes. And a lot of people are, are just afraid of, of all those changes without being in control of those changes. Yeah. yeah. I think that, um, some, and, something really, really, uh, value to, to be able to work with anxiety a lot. Yeah. 
And and I also want to commend and and compliment all the therapists who are out there and all the change workers and hypnotists who are out there. And here's why. A year ago, we had no training to deal with what we had to deal with. And what we've all done, uh, or or those of us who stayed in business or 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 made our business work throughout the pandemic, what we've all done is worked with issues that people were having as we were going through those same issues. And we didn't have any training on how to deal with or help people cope with a worldwide pandemic or massive deaths or these threats. We Nobody had any training in this. And this was something that we all had to come together and get creative. And before we started recording, Rob, you were telling me about uh, one of your students that was doing a summit in the beginning of the pandemic and you'd planned it before the, that even happened. And this is what's so amazing about this is we're coming together, most of us, and supporting one another. And I just want to commend everyone and and say how proud we are as a community that we all got creative and we all stayed strong to help other people going through some of the same exact things that we were going through as well and to get creative and just to to be there for other people. I, I think it's amazing how therapists and hypnotists are doing that and just coming together, banding together and uh, forming this supportive community. Yeah, that's something that I also experienced a lot that um especially the ones that 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 want to help people that they uh, like even uh, i can imagine like in the united states also in australia more more and more people they were already familiar with working online with clients here in belgium the country is so small that you, i always say you can't drive for more than two hours and a half in belgium because you leave the country somewhere there's a border <laughs> or a sea so you can't you can't drive from yeah. so people are not very familiar with doing online sessions and in the beginning our clients were not not happy to to because we, we were in lockdown so the only the only uh, way to do a session was was online and then say no let's wait for three weeks it will be over soon <laughs> but now of course we're one year later and now we, we can see uh, clients uh, in person again um, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah the therapists in Belgium they were not used to do online sessions I did it already yeah. for for a few years with, with people from all over the world but most of my students they never did an online session now I train them online. So now they, they get used to do, uh, doing hypnosis online. So people will grow uh, as a therapist because of, they learn these new things. But of course, they have to go over their own fears of like working online. Exactly. Because people, some, I know a lot of my students are not really, really into uh, technology. Uh, so they say, oh, yeah, I have to do an online session. I don't have the equipment. Uh, I say, oh, you don't need much. Uh, the software will do most of the things. So you just have to get familiar with the software. And then they learn and they, they, they go over their own um, fears and they, they help people because they have that, that uh, the, the will to, to help people. So, yeah. Right. And, okay. and there's one, you know, there's one more. Uh, can I say one more thing? Yeah, of course, um, of course. Uh, there's something I wanted to bring up uh, called, and this is something that I do with a lot of people uh, who are in my groups. And also when I do presentations, I save time at the end to do what I call rapid relief coaching. And it's basically where um, for people who are in my group sessions, I say, you, you get access to me to do a uh, like one or two phone sessions while we're doing the group. They're personal. 
There are 15 minutes. I call them 15 minute rapid relief coaching sessions. You give me one issue and I will solve that issue for you in 15 minutes. And I do the same thing in my presentations. So at the end of all my corporate presentations, it's almost like a radio call, like a radio callers calling in. And I just did this last week in one of my presentations. And like the first guy was like, hi, Dan, I've been a single dad for 19 years. And now it's time to like get back to, uh, to myself and focus on, on me. Uh, what's the first step to doing that? And then someone else said, Hey Dan, like I have difficulty falling asleep at night because I just worry about everything. What's something you can recommend to me? So, so for people listening to this or watching, get creative, uh, challenge yourself to do things like this because it gets you outside of your comfort zone. So that way you can offer more of these services. And so that way you can get in tune to doing rapid relief with people and Sometimes it's just advice and sometimes you're outlining a powerful hypnotic process like a color changing modality or a swish pattern or something where you might not have um, uh, time to do a whole hypnosis session, but you have time to at least outline something like that, which can be a very valuable resource to people. So just a little idea for people out there. Okay. Great way to finish uh, this interview. So, Dan, uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can they follow you on uh, or, or find out about the trainings that you're providing? Absolutely. So, the best thing to do is to go to dancandel.com. And that's just my name, dancandel.com. And uh, also, uh, I just started doing TikTok videos two weeks ago and they went viral. And under, in just under two weeks, I've gotten over 11,000 followers and subscribers in two weeks. So I post a lot of um, anxiety relief tips on there. So you can follow me at anxiety relief guy on TikTok. And a lot of therapists also reach out and they comment on my videos and say, oh my gosh, I use this technique with one of my clients and it worked really, really well. So you can go over there and, and there's some uh, bunch of free videos and, and ways I talk about anxiety. So TikTok anxiety relief guy. And okay, Rob, at the end of every interview, I always say, be well, do good, and be true to who you are. That's very good advice. I will uh, post all your links and uh, how people can reach you also in the show notes, of course. And uh, then people can reach out and uh, find you. And I will follow you on TikTok uh, as well, because uh, it is something I do when I, just before I go to sleep, I just open TikTok. And uh, because there's a lot of uh, stand-up comedy on there, and it's very short, yes, yep. short uh, f um, videos from uh, from stand-up comedy, and that's very good to relax and then fall asleep. So that's uh, really good. But so mm -hmm. I, I will follow you on TikTok as well. Okay, thank you very awesome. much, Dan, and I hope to see you uh, soon somewhere in the real world at a convention or whatever that we uh, wherever that we will meet. Thank you very much.